Welcome to 626 Ohana California Adventures Podcast number 27. Where we talk all things Disney, theme parks, and travel. I'm Brad. I'm Kim. And today we got a whole bunch of airline news, including some flight attendants that are acting, well, like some passengers have in the past. Also, we got a whole bunch of cruise news with one cruise line welcoming its one millionth guest. Also, is Royal Caribbean just trying to piss everybody off? Uh, we also, of course, got theme park news where Peppa, you gotta say it that way, Peppa, the pig is getting a new theme park. Also, uh, SeaWorld is getting a new roller coaster, and we'll tell you more about that. Of course, we got some Disneyland news and Disney World news where Disney World is switching celebrations. And of course, we got some DVC news where we kind of go through of our experience of booking the villas at the Disneyland Hotel. Opening uh, this fall. Yeah. So let's go ahead and start with our fun part, of which is the airline news. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, let's just say it's been an eventful uh, few weeks talking. Um, yeah, the this... airline news kind of dominated everything for our news this week. It's kind of funny. <laughs> well, it's not all good news, unfortunately. Um, American Airlines is being sued over a malfunctioning AED, so automated defibrillator, and the man died. Yeah, it's kind of a sad situation, but it's a confusing situation in all of it. So the family is claiming negligence in keeping the defibrillator in working order because the defibrillator would not turn on during the emergency. And what they're claiming, this violates the FAA guidelines. So FAA states that any airline over 30 passengers must have a working defibrillator and at least one flight attendant. If a defibrillator is not in working order, flight must be delayed until a working one is provided. So that's considered a no-go. Yeah, um... I kind of find this a weird mix because there's a lot of things people don't realize what would happen in an, like an emergency in the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people think automatically that AEDs and CPR will save lives, but there's just kind of a little few interesting facts. Um, not all heart rhythms during cardiac arrest are shockable. Um, in this case, there's no way to know if this man had a shockable rhythm since the AED would not turn on. Yeah, and that's kind of the part of the issue is, is uh, give you a background. I, we we're trying to figure out a little bit of this, uh, doing research through FAA, and it's not exactly 100% clear. So it, when I'm saying all that, only 20% out of hospital cardiac arrest have shockable rhythms. So that's something to take into consideration. Even if it had worked, it may not have saved his life. Yeah, and it's a weird situation. The reason we're saying it's kind of a weird situation, they're claiming it wasn't working. Um, we were trying to find out if they're on the cross checks that they have as part of the cross checks and we're not getting a clear answer. But from what my understanding is, is all medical things have to be checked before they take off. Which is interesting because I come from a health background. Um, basically let's say if you're out and about, you have a AED at a public place. Those only usually get checked about once every 30 days to make sure they're in working order. Yeah, and from what I was kind of getting, there's only certain one of these that are actually uh, FAA approved to be in the planes because of the battery types and everything else. But I also kind of have a little bit of an electronics background, which now that this is where it got really interesting. Kim with her health background and mine with a little bit of electronics. So we're kind of rolling all this through. Um, it's kind of hard because I, I could see them because they're not going to turn this unit on every time they fly. They're probably just touching a little test bite light, and the light turns green. It means they're good to go. It doesn't come on. It means it needs to be exchanged. Exactly. And 
quite frankly, you know, it's kind of interesting because in hospitals, they check them every shift, so twice a day. So I don't know what the airlines uh, basically get to come up with their own policies was what we came to the conclusion of. Of how they do it, but I think they still do need to check it every day. But my thing is, is obviously with this being on a battery, they don't want to turn it on because it's going to turn everything up on and charge everything. But there's another thing into this that you don't know, and a lot of people are not realizing. There's um, acceptable, what they call acceptable failure rate of electronics. That it may have tested everything, looked good for them, but when it came to use it, it didn't work. Um, I'm sure in this situation, these are a lot lower. I mean, but I'm guessing these are not to where they're a NASA standard, where they are uh, very, very little failure rate, the components in it. And then, of course, with NASA, they triple back up everything. So this could bring up a good situation. Uh, Maybe they need to have two on board. Maybe. That's an interesting or a backup battery. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, the the batteries, they're a sealed unit. So so So, you you can't take them out or anything like that. They're not serviceable. Um, They have to go through the manufacturer's recommending service on that. And that's kind of the thing where it gets out of the FAA's hands. And even the FAA says, this is not our arena. We just want to make sure it's there. As part of it, but it comes back to um, Food and Drug Administration for how those oh. are handled. Then so, you're getting <laughs> in a whole bunch of crosshairs of different oh, healthcare agencies. Yeah, you're getting the three-letter agencies everywhere into this whole thing. <laughs> so it becomes a really com- complicated situation. Right. And it's interesting because the National Institute of Health says a good mix of CPR and early defibrillation <laughs> can boost survival rates to 70%. So I'm sure the lawyers are going to get all these numbers and go back and forth on, well, maybe it wasn't a shockable rhythm anyways. Yeah, there's a lot we don't know. And of course, um, they also are claiming the FAA failed to train the flight attendants in basic resuscitation uh, techniques. And I I have a really hard time with this one. Yeah. And what we were kind of, again, we were kind of doing research on this and trying to figure this out because it really intrigued us of all this because it kind of our both, it's like I said, both of our backgrounds are kind of involved in this whole thing. And, you know, emergencies happen all the time. And yeah. so this could affect anybody. That's why we thought this was such an interesting, strange story is to really look into what components you have on a plane and how much can you really do, especially if you don't have any medical personnel on board during a flight? Yeah, and it also, it's really interesting because the flight attendants are trained in CPR and basic, but also the FAA says that if you read through a lot of their documentation, the documentation, unfortunately, is I think the earliest I found was like 2006. It was really hard to find documentation that was clear. Right. Of course, it's a three-letter agency, so there's never anything that's 100% clear. Um and but, then it doesn't say, did they or did they not provide CPR? Yeah, but the thing is... is I it, couldn't find that out. It becomes down to when they are doing anything medical because they are not trained medical professionals. So it comes down to what they call the Good Samaritan Law. You did the best you could in the circumstances with the supplies you had. And it looks at somebody with that same background and training if they would have responded in the same way. Yeah, I mean, if there's a doctor on board that, say, that is an emergency medical uh, room doctor... So... They would probably, yeah. Emergency department doctor. They would defer, the flight attendant would immediately defer to that doctor because the doctor has the experience and the skills to do so. Right. But if you had a podiatrist that hasn't done an IV or anything 
like that in years since medical school and they're at the end of their career, then there's going to be a different expectation. Yeah. So that's the reason that they have this is that, you know, so people don't become liable for something that they can't. Right. I mean, I, flight attendants know a lot of things. They are, they're trained, but you can't expect them to have that medical background because they're obviously they're not going to medical school. Exactly, and I'm sure, no doubt, that they were still frightened. Mm-hmm. But, but it's not the, an easy situation to be in. Oh no, I w- I would not want to be on a plane with an emergency like that. No. Um, but thing is, is like everything with FAA is unfortunately sometimes deaths have to happen for changes to be made, and maybe this is one of those things that they'll look back and say, "Hey, you know what? We need a second defibrillator on all board of all these jets." Maybe, or maybe they'll have to look at some different training or maybe making one of the flight attendants a nurse and increasing the salary yeah. might be an interesting or a paramedic or something. Yeah, that'd be kind of interesting. So I mean, go. that would be crazy expensive, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just these weird ideas that we have floating around that we are talking about. And of course our heart breaks for this uh, family. man's family and oh, friends. Yeah. And, I mean, I couldn't imagine and I can imagine they're upset and how I'm sure they felt very hopeless and or helpless in the situation of like, nobody can do anything really. Yeah. And again, you're in the air, you know, you know, you, it takes time to land a jet, it, right. you know, in an emergency situation to get, find out the nearest airport, they can land that type of aircraft, everything else. Yeah. And you still have to worry about, there's still air traffic that's landing. You can't all of a sudden, and somebody it's in the middle of an approach, necessarily pull out of it yeah i mean it's uh and then where you are in comparison plus you know how far away is the hospital how long is it going to take emts paramedics to get on the plane etc etc where part of the country are you and are you an area that has uh you know big enough population that they have uh, paramedics and everything else readily easily available or you're a smaller city that doesn't have the quite an amount of everything there or are you over the ocean yeah, I mean, there's just so many things, so many factors into this, and I'm sure the lawyers are going to be going out back and forth on it and everything else. And uh, again, our heart breaks for anybody who's had this situation or has passed away because of this. But again, it's like I said, sometimes with these type of situations, it brings in the changes of of things happening. Where to they prevent may, it. Yeah, and again, like I said, maybe they'll start thinking, you know what? That redundancy is needed on planes. It'll be interesting. It's something I definitely want to follow and see. I know it's part we've gone on a little <laughs> bit longer because we're both kind of geeking out in our own little <laughs> professions. Different ways. All right, let's go on to Delta Airlines, and they're bringing back kids' menus to first-class flights. Okay, this is kind of nice because, you know, kids oh. don't have the same palate as adults. And we've seen some of those meals on first-class, and... Uh, it's barely edible for adults. Yeah, I mean, kids are looking at it like, seriously, I'm actually, you know, if we do first class, I might have ordered the kids' menu. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you can on Delta Airlines starting April 1st. And what uh, areas that this is going to be doing is in first class international flights and select domestic flights. So I guess those shorter ones, they have the... Like an hour and a half, two hours are not going to. Yeah, You must book the meal option at least 24 hours before departure time. Or online on Delta's My Trip on the app or on the website. Oh, so, I mean, it's nice that they, I guess, you know, flying first class, you're paying a lot of money to be up that. Or you got upgraded because of points or status. Yeah. Uh, well, I think a lot of times when you get those upgrades, though, they don't, you don't necessarily get to choose your meal because it was a last minute upgrade. Yeah. It just kind of depends on when you were able to and if mm-hmm. it was ahead of time or you use the points ahead of time. But anyways, um, I just, I think it's great because 
you know, it's not always easy to make kids happy. And anytime kids are happy, usually the adults are happy. Oh, they could give them a dozen cookies and the kids are happier than pie the whole flight. <laughs> they also might be bouncing off the seats from the sugar high. Well, I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other. And talking about talking at acting like toddlers, and I'm really surprised at this airline, SkyWest flight attendants have a disagreement that ended in the equivalent of a toddler, toddler tantrum and a long flight delay. Oh, wow. So there were two flight attendants, a male and a female, uh, that were disagreeing on a question a first pa- a first class passenger had. She wanted to switch seats with a coach passenger to sit next to her husband. Now, whoever that coach person was would have gotten the free upgrade to first, first class. class. <laughs> like, I get maybe for safety and figuring out who's sitting where, mm-hmm. but I mean, talk about jackpot. Yeah. Um, so the first class passenger was okay with the decision, not be able to switch seats. You know. Okay, fine. If there's a problem, let's just get on our way. Don't worry about it. I just thought I would ask kind of thing. But uh, I guess the flight attendants were not happy with the situation still. And uh, well, it led out to a full out verbal flight. I mean, we talked fight. about fight. Well, yeah, verbal flight, flight, fight, you know. <laughs> okay. So apparently the male flight attendant, according to witnesses, yelled at the female she went to the front of the plane saying, I'm not flying with him. The female flight attendant reopened the airplane door and left. And I've heard two <laughs> versions of the story. I've heard where they waited for a whole new crew. And then he decided he wasn't going to fly. But somehow neither one of them ended up flying. Or I don't know if they just removed him later or whatever the situation was. But the flight left two hours late. Yikes. Okay. First of all... <sighs> We've all had disagreements with people that we work with. You know, we all work long time, close quarters, have different opinions, but walk away. You go to your end of the plane, you go the other, just like the the parent and the toddlers. You go this way, you go this way. Agree not to talk. Talk to your supervisors later. But now you've delayed a whole flight that might have been worried about, um, tight connections well skywest are and this is a funny thing is skywest we've flown skywest several times out of small airports Mm because they usually you know they all have like a skywest delta connection or skywest united connection type of thing that they provide service for so we've flown skywest and usually they're really good flights for the most part right um but they are smaller jets or planes i guess harder to separate the two (laughs) yeah i mean they could be they do have some jets but they also have uh, what would you call the rubber band <laughs> prop planes? <laughs> so Mike, I have a few questions about this. First of all, well, I mean, another person said she only had 24 hours in the city to spend with her fiance. And now two of those were gone, which I get it. You go for a short weekend, turn around, spend time with a loved one. And now to have that cut late because people can't get along, I'd be completely frustrated. Well, it makes, you know, at least uh, we know it's not just the passengers are having tantrums yeah, right. <laughs> there's so many stories about the, the passengers well i guess eventually the flight attendants had to have enough well i mean it's like they were heard in the long i guess it was probably got to be five or six years ago about the southwest attendant that quit opened the emergency hatch and went out down the slide Side. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i mean that was a grand finale exit yeah and the question uh, to that is because those small flights they must still have the stairs right by the or on the, by, on the jetway, because if you open that door, you know. Or, it may not have been. I don't know. They, I've been on some SkyWest that still have the, the, the gateway. Drop down. Yeah. But my other question is, if there's this all-out war and commotion, they haven't started the plane. 
where was the captain? Like, why wouldn't you come out and be like, all right, you guys, the passengers are okay. You need to, you know, let's be professional here. Let's put on our big boy, big boy, big girl pants here. Let's talk about this later with our supervisors, but let's agree to disagree and just avoid each other unless it's a safety concern or passenger concern. And I have a hard time believing that it went to that level. I would almost say this must have gone really quick. Because, I mean, the captains are probably up there, the captain, the co-pilot. But they were yelling at each other. Yeah, but they're probably running through their checks and going, oh, boy, here we go again. The kids are at it. Lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but they're supposed to be kind of in charge of the flight. Like, yeah. I don't know where somebody else would have stepped in. I think even as a passenger, I think it would have been like, hey, cool your jets. Like, let's just get on with this. Like, yeah. it's settled. The passenger's fine. Like, you go to your end, you go to your end. I don't know. Can we I just mean, Can we just get on with it? If all things to disagree with, you know... I can't imagine that these two flight attendants will not be fired over this. Oh, I'm sure there's going to be. I mean, this made, this has gone viral (laughs) and this is not a good way to go viral. No. Um, again, it's, you know, people do have disagreements and sometimes people just don't know how to deal with disagreeing with somebody. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, or they need some counseling. Um, I don't know what their situation is. (sighs) <sighs> but speaking about frustrations in airlines, <laughs> Southwest outlines plans to avoid another winter meltdown. We've all heard about these well, we complete about, messes in yeah, December with all the storms. And we talked about Southwest last week going to uh, Amazon's AWS services to try to avoid this. Uh, so CEO Bob Jordan says plans should be complete by October 2023. So, well... Before the holiday season. So they're going to be working on it in steps. Yeah, in the travel, in the summer season, (laughs) travel. Well, hopefully the weather won't be that bad. So they plan to improve technology to improve pilot and flight attendant reassignment. So that goes back to that Amazon. um, Uh, AWS system where it automatically assigns crews based on their flight hours and planes where they're going. So everything makes a logical sense. And it's a whole complicated, I would not want to be the person programming this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) All right. They also plan on buying more de-icing trucks, de-icing pads, and de-icing fluid. And buy more engine covers and heaters for cold weather. So I could say by October why that would be... You know, yeah. you're not going to get that during summer. Well, you also got to remember a lot of this, those storms during that time of year that, I mean, Portland, and we keep talking about Portland because we had a direct connection, but Portland in the West, I guess, Northwest of the United States is a major hub for, or not for, uh, if not Seattle or they go to Portland and that airport closing caused a whole ripple effect through everybody. And not even mention the East Coast. Yeah, and the East Coast. I mean, it turned into a ripple effect across the whole country, that storm. But, you know, uh, I think part of it was looks like that they may have had problems with crew timing out and waiting for de-icing. If you don't have enough de-icing equipment, you're waiting in a line. So their next step is to increase winter staffing for ground operations. So I believe that's for people that are going to be doing maintenance and things like de-icing and stuff, and probably people in the terminals to deal with issues. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I, and again, going back to the whole frustration of flying and everything, we've been there where we've been stuck on the, you know, for over an hour before. And we've also been stuck in three hour lines waiting to speak to somebody. Yeah. So it's never a fun thing. Um, so I guess, you know, it's great that they have a plan and that would give me a little bit more confidence that they're like, look, we know we messed up. We know this got out of control, but give us a chance to make this right in the future. Uh, we um, don't want another another 
uh, meltdown. Yeah, uh, where things, I was going to say with, uh, planes with storm. no crews going anywhere. You know the whole. And I mean, at least they they're lining out what they're doing. I know they took a major hit and fall for all this, but at least they're saying, "Hey, we're doing improvement sets," and they're trying to get that. So back. part of that is they're going to add a weather application to provide uh, crew members with real time weather indicators to help de-icing holdover times or the time required before aircraft must be de-iced again before departure. Um, I think that's a big safety measure, mm-hmm. just because the fact is, you know, you have a certain amount of time between when you have to de-ice and if you're like wow we have a holdover something's taking a little bit longer like we need to reevaluate this plane mm-hmm. i mean you know it's they're doing they're doing something um i mean they're also going to be upgrading their phone system and customer support services I yeah mean, they have a budget over 1.3 mil- billion dollars on upgrades and maintenance f- to information technology this year yeah i mean it's great to have that uh, including with all that, you know, there's uh crew scheduling software like we talked about. And, uh, you know. They'll be upgrading phone systems and customer supports and systems because people got stuck on phone for hours too. Oh, Sam, we've been there. <laughs> and then upgrades will focus on surge protection and efficiency during high call volume time. So basically to prevent the system from crashing. crashing. Yeah. And they also want to make sure you know Southwest is number two on time flights behind delta in first two months of 2023 so they're like we gotta do something we've gotta turn this around and Mm -hmm. prove that that was not acceptable well southwest has traditionally been higher and on time and arrivals and departures and everything else throughout the airline industry they they run on efficiency and that's why they're able to get away with lower fares um so uh, you know i'm not I love having Southwest out there. We don't fly them a whole lot, but having that competition out there is good for the whole industry. It is. And I think we don't because we tend to go cross country and that means we'd have to have more layovers because they don't usually traditionally have longer flights from coast Mm -hmm. to coast and things like that. So that's probably one of the reasons we don't fly them too often. The other is the seating. Yeah. And it's just for us, it's I guess it's personal what we would like to do, how we like to fly. And I, but I understand there are people out there, you know what? I want the cheapest fare because I want to save all that money to go to Disney World and or to my cruise destination and have money to spend right. out there other than on the flight. So, talking about cruise news, Carnival's in the news. Well, this one's good. Carnival Cruise Line becomes first cruise line to welcome its 100 millionth guest. Oh, did I say 100 millionth? Yes, you did. <laughs> oh, I have to say it the right way. 100th million. Sorry, I had to do the doctor uh, from Evil. Austin, Dr. Evil from Austin Powers. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so uh, this was on the Carnival Sunrise um, that deported out of the port of Miami. So President of Carnival Cruise Line, Christine Duffy, went to the cruise that deported and celebrated the big event. They had a huge photo op for all guests on that sailing mm-hmm. and the 100th million guests were debbie and david clifford from ohio oh that'd been cool walk on the ship oh man right okay i guess we're on okay what we won <laughs> i don't think they got very much except for a photo op with the uh president of the cruise line oh man <laughs> right so in that celebration they also made sure to highlight that they will have two more ships joining the fleet later this year the Carnival Venezia will go to New York, 
and the Carnival Jubilee will be the third ship sailing out of Galveston. Wow, they're pushing a lot out of those that Galveston port. You know, we haven't gone, and I almost booked us on a cruise out of Galveston this last year. I mean, it seems like a lot of them are moving that way. It is. Um, I think the only drawback I saw was it's a long drive from the airports. Uh, also on Carnival News, uh, Carnival Cruise, uh, they're improving their non-alcoholic be- beverage options, which is... I think that's great because not everybody wants alcohol, but they want that taste of like the mocktail. So they've partnered with Lear's Distiller to offer alcohol-free versions of its most popular cocktails. So they're going to be moving away from their traditional virgin cocktails. So think of, I guess, Roy Rogers or like pina coladas without the rum in it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So this is like not just the fruity drinks minus the, the rum. Yeah. Or the what do you mean? Whatever (laughs) vodka or whatever tequila. So examples already being offered include Martini Seduction. It includes uh, Lear's White Cane instead of vodka. Contains passion fruit nectar, fresh lime juice, and a hint of orange mix. Okay, and then also they got Hearts of Fire, which is fresh thyme and raspberries with Lear's Dry London instead of gin. That sounds really good. That sounds both of them do. Yeah, that kind of sounds interesting. There's a whole big menu, but those were just two of our examples we took it's interesting this is happening on carnival you know because they're kind of what the fun chips or whatever they were always called and we've always known them <laughs> kind of coming out of our area of long beach as the it's like the cruise. weekend booze cruise <laughs> yep um so i mean I, i'm all for it because there's times that i'm you know i like to have a drink but you're like i don't need more alcohol or it's the beginning of the day before you get into you know you're out in the sun maybe not wanting all booze yeah but having that drink you know just a something fancy see, yeah. something different <laughs> um and, and it means to start i think it's a good mm-hmm. thing for the cruise lines overall with alcohol or and people that might um be an alcoholic that want something that was similar but without having the alcohol in it mm-hmm. and there's people who have allergies to alcohol too and they may want Something. Yeah. So I I think it's great that they're, uh, this has become apparently a very popular thing and it's well requested and Carnival said, well, let's answer it and let's make our guests happy. Okay. Well, I was talking about happy guests. Royal Caribbean guests were not happy. <laughs> <laughs> Royal Caribbean this week. Wow. Okay. So Royal Caribbean last weekend um, accidentally sells a cheap premiere pass and then cancels all purchases on it. So it cost $88.99. It was available for cruises booked between March 10th, 2023 and March 15th, 2023. Until the end, um, first basically cruises through the end of 2023. So what it included was a welcome bottle of venue clickout, clickout, I guess it's, it's a, a wine, wine, uh, priority embarkation, embarkation and debarkation. Inside access tour for two guests, lunch with an officer for two guests, unlimited Wi-Fi on two devices, a photo with the captain during the captain's toast, wine pairing with a sommelier, sommelier, yeah, Yeah. and one free bag of laundry. So for eighty-eight bucks, and that's for the whole cabin. Yeah, or I guess eighty-nine dollars. I keep forgetting that ninety-nine cents. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll round it up to eighty-nine. That's, so, I mean, I would have been jumping on that, like, uh, you know, I would have too. And basically, this was a way to get people to book cruises. So this isn't for people that were already booked. This was for new bookings. Yeah, and what's interesting, I mean, these are the things that try to get there. We're seeing what we're kind of predicting and seeing is we're going to have a little bit of a 
slump. So, slump and travel because everybody it was last year was the revenge of travel. The year yeah. of travel, well, yeah. The, you know, everybody was traveling. This year, it looks like it's going to be slowing down a little bit. So this would get a lot of people going, you know what? If I'm deciding between Royal Caribbean or Carnival or somebody else, I might go with this. Right, with the Wi-Fi and... Oh, the Wi-Fi would be huge. Unlimited. And, you know, a bag of laundry just mm-hmm. for the family to tie over, that would be huge. Yeah. But, I mean, the rest is really nice, but basically they offered some free wine too. Yep. But, but Royal Caribbean said, yeah, it was too good to be true. They said all things that would be operationally unsustainable to actually offer. Basically, they came out, and I could understand maybe something like lunch with an officer for two guests. That would be I hard. Mean, if you had a lot of people buying this, and I don't know what the con- if it was a limited quantity thing or anything like that. They didn't per say. Cruise, but if they had, I mean, a photo with the captain during captain's coat and they, toast. Yeah. So if they did that, like how many couples, how long would he have to how be down get, there? You know, even with a hundred, if you had a hundred guests doing this, I mean, you'd be over an hour. It'd be a ton of time. And obviously you want the captain available to get on the bridge or whatever. Um, I guess with uh, two officers, lunch with an officer for two guests. It, that I could, could I, still be hard. hard. Yeah, and I get this because they still have their duties to do. And uh, I don't even know about Wi-Fi. Like, would that crash the system depending on how many, many people? people? And I mean, unlimited is a lot. And there's a reason that they charge a lot of money because one, they can. And two is that they are using satellites and everything. We're not talking, um, I mean, you're talking a lot more sophistication uh, systems than you are like Starlink or something like that. And maybe too much data going in and out of those pipes is just crashed the whole system. Right, which would be bad because I'm sure they use it for navigation and everything else too. Oh, I'm sure the, that's on like, a different that's on a different system. Okay. So but and still it's expensive for them to provide and do all those systems run. So I could see that. So what they ended up doing was offering guests fifty dollars each on board credit. But well, no, that's <laughs> okay. So the system messed up and initially gave per person and then an email went out and said, Oops, sorry, it was actually per stateroom. <laughs> Oops. Um, people were sent emails saying they owed money if they used that extra um, credit on board if it was over $50 for what they purchased. So basically, oh, wow, we have four people in our room. We got $200 credit. Let's book that A- excursion. excursion. Oh, no. What do you mean I have to pay $150? I wasn't planning on that. Yeah. Um Apparently, this is not the first time something like this has happened. Back in 2019, there was a beverage package that was sold for $18 per person. And at the time, the cost was 30 to $40 a day. And that was per day, yeah. Um, but in this case, the cruise line honored it. Yeah, I mean, really, for $50 per person, I know that some of those cabins, you have a lot more people, but really? I mean, if you screwed up twice in the same situation... I think yeah. the second time you're like, yeah, I, they leave the fifty dollars per person. Like that's like adding salt to the wound. Yeah, I mean they they get bigger uh, discounts for when people have to, you know, for a lot of things. things. And fifty dollars to save face per person is it, a whole lot better. And I think people have been a little bit more understanding. Okay, we can't do it. And it you know, it sucks that take we can't the do this. loss. Now you're saying, oh, we gave you all this money to book all this stuff, and you're like, cool, and you booked it, and all of a sudden, that, oh no, we made a mistake again. Now you owe it, or you have to cancel so, it. So I mean, it's a. I mean, I can get that this is like I said, salt to the wound. <laughs> yeah, it's frustrating when you have this stuff happen. And I really think. Honestly, if Royal Caribbean want to be like, whoops, we really royally screwed this up twice, put the bottle of wine in the room, <laughs> offer the one bag free of laundry. It will go a long way. Yeah. Um, and say, whoops, we screwed up. We gave you the $50 per person credit. Plus, we maybe gave you a 
free laundry or the bottle of wine or priority embarkation and debarkation or yeah. something. Yeah, the only thing that this tells me that maybe they oversold the, sold this in numbers, by, you know, huge numbers, and that it wasn't sustainable. But right, but we think some of it's sustainable. But that fifty dollars when you screwed up again, add the fifty bucks and a bottle of wine into the room and some free laundry, and you might have done some service recovery. Yep. So Royal Caribbean not only messed up the premier package they sold, <laughs> uh, they also made a mistake for people that booked the Atlantis Aqua Adventure water park tour. There was a <laughs> they're having yeah, a leak. There was a price mistake, and the purchases will be canceled and refunded. They were giving they were <laughs> given a fifty dollar per stateroom onboard credit. So they were given an, another $50 per... I mean, they like those $50 stateroom credits, don't they? Yeah, right. Um, basically, I feel like, that once again, how many people could really go on this? It's really the... Whatever the price difference was, mm-hmm. don't, I, I think it's, once again, not worth it to make your passengers that upset. Well, what they should have done, it was say, hey, you know what? Instead of canceling this... Is giving them the option, saying, hey, you know what? We're going to give you $50 credit towards the purchase price. We made a pricing error. Um, if you'd like to still keep it, you can keep it. If not, you can release it. And I think that would have been an easy way out of it. You know? Well, they basically did do that with the $50 promotion. But, yeah, but they canceled the whole thing, and they had, they were canceled. I, don't, re- I think they canceled everybody. It doesn't say if they're going to be able to rebook at the higher rate. Right. Oh, okay. But I basically, to me, it's like, why did you do this? Like, you made the mistake, own up, put on your big girl pants, big boy pants, whatever, mm-hmm. and suck it up. Like, you made the mistake, you put it out there. Yeah, and again, this is part of the situation. I think a lot of these people had so many bookings, so many people. I mean, people are cruising a lot more. I mean, obviously, with all these new ships coming on, people really want to cruise. But I think they've gotten a little overzealous of how... You know, obviously a lot of those things says these bookings can be canceled without no subject to change notice or whatever. But if I'm looking at that and I'm like, you know what? I really want to go to the Atlantis Aqua Adventure water park tour. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be like, really? You guys were that petty, that little money comparison to what you make. You take a little loss. Mm-hmm. But in general, I'm going to be more willing to come back. But if you're canceling, let's say, goodness forbid, somebody booked both of these things that got canceled. Oh, man. I mean, I'd be like, wait a minute. I don't want anything to do with Royal Caribbean again because I can't trust that you're going to stick to your word. And the thing is, with the cruise industry, uh, as we know, and a lot of people know, usually if you find a cruise line you really like, you tend to be loyal and stick with them. You know, I feel like there is a lot more brand loyalty to cruises than a lot of like hotels or things like that. Yeah, and um, I mean, we obviously love Disney cruises. Um, we've been on Royal Caribbean. We've been on Norwegian cruises. And for us, really, it'd probably be... Norwegian, Norwegian. would be our second choice to Disney. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we have a choice, you know, obviously we're open to trying different cruise lines. But sometimes it's about that familiarity, knowing what you're going to get and everything else about a cruise line. And when they start pulling this, you know, people may be thinking, it's not worth it. I got Norwegian cruise lines right down the you know, next stock over. It's doing the almost the exact same itinerary. I'll exactly. go to them. I'll try something different. Um, we've just liked their level of service we've gotten on Norwegian. We mm-hmm. like the the ships are really nice. And not to say that we when we went on Royal Caribbean, I felt like the ship was okay, but not that same level of 
not luxury or the attentiveness of the crew and everything else. Right. Um, and for an example, we went on our honeymoon on a Royal Caribbean cruise and I don't feel like we ever even really got a congratulations. Like they had a reception for all the honeymooning couples, but like one person or two people got like a bottle of wine or something or champagne, but it was just kind of like, Oh, you're just lowly. Nobody's like, it would have, you know, you go to Disney and you'll get a button. You'll get a, you know, congratulations everywhere yeah. you go. Those are the kind of things that you're like, oh, that made it special. And, and when we went on Royal Caribbean, we felt like... Royal Caribbean or... It was Royal Caribbean. Yeah, for our honeymoon. But but uh, we didn't feel like we got any customer service to even say, hey, congratulations, not even a card in the room. Well, and wasn't it just even that? It was just general... The just, gen- general feeling, I mean... I've for, gotten cards in the room, welcome back, and things like that from Norwegian... Um, and, so. and I, I think really only on that cruise, uh, I was doing some, uh, getting my diving certification certifications. And the only reason we felt that we got any type of, I guess, good customer service out of that was because Kim actually knew the dive instructor from her days at club med. Yeah. So it was because I knew somebody that we had a better time, but other than that, I felt no level of of customer service there. Yeah. And it, I mean, that really stuck with us. And it, it's one of those things that, you know, people, I know people love Royal Caribbean. They're going, you know, oh, that's, you know, but for us, it stuck with us and it made us go back to NCL, which when we went to New Origin for our, um, get engaged, we got engaged on the U or the SS Norway, which was originally the SS France. And it was, it's, Farewell tour, I guess, at the time. I mean, they they brought us a cake. They um, made a big fuss about everything. About and it, it wasn't an extra cost. It wasn't anything else. But it was like those little touches, those customer service made all the difference to make us more brand uh, loyal. Yeah. And I mean, we love Disney and we're loyal to Disney. But if we want to go someplace else or try something different, we mm-hmm. go to Norwegian. And really, even on our second Norwegian cruise, we still have that. We had uh, the attentiveness of the crew. We could ask anybody on the cruise on the ship, and they would try to help us. And, you know, um, it just felt didn't feel that way when we were on Royal Caribbean, where we would ask questions. Uh, I don't know. You're gonna have to go ask somebody else. And we're like, uh, where other cruise lines, even Disney, will do it. Go, Let me find out. Let me ask somebody. They would try to find the answer for you. Yeah. So I uh, feel like. Especially for the people that booked that uh, premiere pass that had that. I feel because they booked it during that promotion, mm-hmm. they should be able to cancel that cruise without a penalty. And I, I, I Just kinda... because if you made your decision to go based on that versus another line and they backed out and weren't good to their word, why should they hold you good to your word? And maybe they will. Maybe if he called them up and said, hey, I, this is the whole reason I went on, was going on this cruise and now I can't do it. Maybe they will be like, okay, you know, as a quiet hush hush. Or maybe even like you were like, I was going to go next year, but I moved it up because of this. But mm-hmm. it really wasn't ideal for my work schedule or something like that. But I wanted the promotion. Right. The following day, the stock market opened at a 3% loss uh, following the news <laughs> and continues to fall. Now, across the board, cruise lines are losing, um, are on the downfall for the stock market. But this did affect Royal Caribbean. Yeah. Well, and of course... With the stock market, um, it's really hard because a lot of times stock market's looking six months out, but sometimes their actions that happen right now affect their immediate stock price real quick. And that could have been that immediate quick. Because you know, this was wildfire last weekend. People are like, wow, this is too good to be true. Well, they were right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it got people excited. And maybe it would have brought up that stock. It would have increased bookings. 
Um, and when they back down, people have been like, oh. Yeah, and, you know, it's... Or because they, I think they did it before that promotion ended, so maybe some people hadn't booked that would have booked. Mm-hmm. And maybe in there seeing that, that this was a driver of that whole, you know, them getting their rooms booked and getting the ships filled. And now that driver's gone and they, they mishandled the the PR nightmare, I guess, the way it could have been. Right. Because with, with other travel companies, sometimes we'll book when they have really good promotions going mm-hmm. on. And again, it's like I said, there's a lot of ships coming online. New ships are coming out there. It's getting more competitive in the cruise industry after... Uh, the whole uh, 2020, you know, so they are wanting to get these new ships on. They want to track people to their they want new, new, bigger, better, exciting. Yeah. I mean, they're really working hard and really it, the cruise line industry for a long time was hurting. But, you know, this, you know, you know, our generation, I guess, uh, Gen X is really taking the cruising. Uh, millennials are starting to really take cruising. So. You get a black eye like this, people may be just like, yeah, I'm going to go to this other cruise line because they have the, almost this, you know, all this stuff to offer too. But I can trust that when I book something, they're not going to go back on it. No. Even in their own fault. Okay. Well, enough cruise, right? <laughs> so let's go to our theme park news. And Peppa, yes, I'm going to say that after, I think that was kind of a Gen X thing again uh, for Salt and Peppa. But Peppa the Pig is getting a second theme park in the United States. It'll be opening in North Richland Hills, Texas in 2024. So the theme park is in partnership with Hasbro and Merlin. Um, They also teamed up together to create Lego Land Parks. So it will feature rides, interactive attractions, themed playscapes and shows. And it's going to be similar to the park that they have in Orlando. It's interesting. They they decided to do this in Texas. Um, actually, you know what? Because they have the other theme park that's opening in Texas. That's like a smaller version of Universal. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a lot of theme park stuff going on in Texas. And maybe they're just thinking it's they more... still have Six Flags Texas. They mm-hmm. have uh, Sea World Texas. Yeah. In oh boy, uh, I'm yeah. testing my knowledge. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of theme parks that are in Texas. And well, I know there's a lot of advantages going to Texas than California. But uh, you have the weather still. You have. But you think about it's like the halfway point in the country. So yeah. you might get people from both coasts yeah, I, that I, won't quite want to, you know, from California, Oregon, Washington, that don't want to go all the way out to Florida. Then now there's all these theme parks popping up in Texas. It's interesting to see it happening. Um, obviously, we're not going for Peppa the Pig, but... Yeah, we're, we, we do not have a toddler. <laughs> but I can see where families, you know, if these are uh, all in this general area, I guess... That they could do a Texas vacation and just stay in Texas. It might be a little bit cheaper than going out to Orlando based on airfare and things like that. And then go down to Galveston and hit your cruise line. There you go. go. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. And talking about SeaWorld uh, on the West Coast, which is SeaWorld San Diego, uh, the Arctic Rescue is opening this spring. It will be the longest and fastest roller coaster on the West Coast. Oh, this is not going to make Universal happy. (laughs) Um, I love a good competition between theme parks. Because they've had it with, what was the mummy? It was the uh, fastest for a long time. Okay. Um, um, I just want to say I'm excited just because of the fact, like, urge each other on, build better roller coasters. Uh, I'm excited because SeaWorld actually really needs more attractions like this, I think, in San Diego. So this will be a roughly two-minute ride that aims to raise awareness of the threats of Arctic sea life faces from climate change and global warming. 
Oh, don't say that to anybody in California right now. We've been cold for a while. <laughs> uh, writers start their journey inside the Wild Arctic exhibit before heading outside all while standing... Uh, straddling. Straddling. If I can speak today, it would help. Okay, go if, back. While, while, while straddling a snowmobile-style vehicle. Park President Jim Lake says guests are going to love it. It's a right level of thrill. The acceleration on launches gets a little bit faster each time, so guests get a really unique experience. So it gets faster and faster throughout the day? I don't know if it's like per like launch or, or is, it, is it randomized like let's go to Guardians of the Galaxy, Mission Breakout, and Tower of Terror. And they have different experiences and different unexpected drops each ride. Yeah. So okay. I don't know which it's going to be. Oh, that would be interesting. If it goes faster and faster, imagine in the day. Right. <laughs> I want the last ride of the day. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's cool to see worlds getting that. Um, so stay on the. I kind of, I mean, if it's like the old wild Arctic, like where they're using that, and you get to go buy some animals first, kind of like they do on Manta. Yeah, that was a cool exhibit, even without the ride there when we went through it. It I love Arctic uh, exhibit. That's probably my favorite one at SeaWorld. They had the what? The beluga whales Mm -hmm. there. That was really cool. It was just neat to even walk through. And unfortunately, it was so ignored at the time when we were there. Um, actually I, we, I made us go back twice because I just loved it. Yeah. I mean, there was no lines. It was so cool to see everything and it felt ignored. So hopefully that gives more awareness to that too. Yeah. Um, and they had like the Arctic, uh, oh, the wild Arctic experience or whatever the ride was that they took out of there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's glad to see it, uh, happening. So talking, uh, theme parks, let's go on to our Disneyland news and new yoga classes and treatments are coming to Tiana Stone Spa at Disneyland. Uh, Sunrise yoga classes will be available at Disneyland Park. You must be one of the guests at one of the three Disneyland resort hotels. There'll be special locations around the park. One of them includes Space Mountain Concourse in Tomorrowland. So basically what they're saying is it'll depend on their schedule. So if they have what time the park opens, like if... uh, I don't know. I would so think it's like an early morning yoga class. Before somewhere. the park opens. Oh, so you get early access to the park. Right. I don't know how they're going to do that. <laughs> I um, can see somebody doing the yoga class just to get in line for Space Mountain right when it opens. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking about me. Yeah. Um, so this is designed for all skill levels. Class includes fitness towel, light snacks, bottle of water, photo pass digital photo download, and yoga mats to use for the session. So you only get to use it for the session. You don't get right. It. You don't take one home. That's okay. basically what the thing is. They'll clean them and you re- they'll reuse them over and over again. That's okay. I don't know if you get to keep the fitness towel they didn't say. But I mean the photo pass of it, like if you're really a yogi and like into that stuff. Is that what they call it? Yogi? I, th- I think they do. I'm not into I guess yoga. I hear yogi. I hear, hey, boo-boo. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Um, I I don't know enough about yoga. I've done a little yoga. I would definitely think that if you're into it, what a cool opportunity. Well, and they're also going to expand more. Uh, so there's going to be sunrise yoga class at Disney's Dis, uh, Disney's California Adventure Park. So I'm sure they're going to alternate days kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, classes are at the Redwood Creek or other location, depending on the park schedule. So I would think it would depend like if they have the food and wine festival going with the booths or if they have... Um, like the Redwood Creek. Oh, during Halloween. The Oogie Boogies, because they yeah. have it as a trail that they wouldn't want people over there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you were there and you wanted a different experience or you wanted to try it twice, do one during Oogie Boogies and one after <laughs> Oogie Boogies or before, 
I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, that Redwood Creek area is actually really cool. And it's one of those areas that a lot of little kids go to. A lot of people don't really take the time to go through. And it's actually kind of peaceful. It's cool. It is. Um, interesting. This class says it connects with nature and soaks in a rejuvenating capstone meditation. It's designed for all skill levels. And again, you may be a guest at one of the three Disneyland Resort hotels. Now, this one is the yoga mats are provided to use during the session. So this doesn't have the snacks and the towels and the water bottle. Also, they're doing couple, I hate to say it, but Disney uh, price levels. I guess so. That's a way to look at it. These will be an additional fee and they may be booked online, on the phone, or in person at the spa. Oh, that's interesting. They're doing on phone. I think it's if you were at the resort and you call down to the spa because you have to call the spa directly. Okay. I I understand that. Um, So there's also a citrus girl's face and body treatment that's going to be offered. So you'll treat yourself to an uplifting face and body treatment inspired by the Anaheim orange groves. Mm, That's going to smell good. I know. I want that. I just like to hear walk in and smell the oranges. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) This one I think is really interesting. The ultimate scalp and foot massage. Two therapists work in Eugene to massage your scalp and feet simultaneously during a relaxing treatment. Wow. So I think this is an add-on. Yeah, that's kind of cool. These are all kind of like, I guess it's all spa stuff for the most part and yoga classes. So it's kind of cool. They're, you know, you're getting a little bit more back into this after, again, 2020 and everything going on. Sometimes you're at the parks and you're like, oh my goodness, my body hurts. (laughs) Sometimes. Okay. A lot, <laughs> a lot of times. times. <laughs> They'll also have a Californian artisanal poultice massage. Massage melts away muscle tension by combining pressure and heat from steam compresses of wild herbs found throughout California and North America. You'll choose one of four different handcraft blends made for the spa. Okay. I mean, it's it's really like they're trying to stay California in this. So I'm guessing a lot of this is happening at the spa at the Grand Californian. Yeah, that's exactly where the spa is located. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's, I mean, it's nice to have it. Yeah. I, I mean, there's people that, you know, daddy, daddy's taking the kids to the park and mommy's staying at the spa today. Uh, yeah. I mean... Or um, they also have a hydrofacial treatments, cleanses, exfoliates, and use lymphatic therapy to improve skin tone, while the LED light therapy is designed to stimulate collagen and elastin to tighten skin and increase product absorption. That sounds really nice and relaxing. <laughs> yeah, you just want to go to Disneyland to relax? I want a spa day now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's go from the West Coast to the East Coast to our Disney World news. Disney's Epcot will be celebrating Disney's 100th celebration later this year. And this is kind of a weird situation where Disneyland actually was been, we've been celebrating it for a few months now. Right. But you have to understand Disney World is just wrapping up their 50th anniversary celebration. So they couldn't start it back when Disneyland started it. Well, yeah, they really wanted to milk that 50th. I was all for it. <laughs> Especially those statues. Those statues they actually removed. Oh, they removed those. Yeah, I was oh. really sad. I wanted them to leave them. I mean, it was a cool event with um, a Magic Band Plus. It was a cool feature to have. I wonder if they're going to do something else with that. I don't know. Um, anyways, but we'll get... Yeah, well, uh, you know, we get squirreled every time to time. Uh, so anyways, what they're going to be doing to celebrate the 100th is there's going to be a new fireworks and projection shows. Mickey and Minnie will be greeting guests in their platinum outfits. And there is a new platinum Mickey statue. Hey, maybe that's what they're doing. That's why I got you moving down the road <laughs> on this. Um, basically, maybe that Mickey statue will interact with the Magic Band. So that'd be cool if they yeah. had that. 
And Spaceship Earth will receive a new lighting design in honor of the occasion. Okay, I love the new Spaceship Earth lighting. I love those. Like, I want to call them LEDs. I don't know exactly what kind of lighting is, but it, it made a huge difference when they put those up. And then they have like a little show on it. So something that they're going to do for the 100th, I'm excited to see it yeah we can well well we see it we'll see it this year so Yay. it'll be exciting not for a while but yeah. uh so going from spaceship earth to star wars so there's a dvc galactic star cruiser member cruise coming soon so the member exclusive voyage will take place august 19th to the 21st so registration is march 21st at 11 a.m eastern standard time Make sure you have that Eastern Standard Time. Right. So if you're uh, us on the West Coast, it's 7 a.m. Not too bad. <laughs> I know. Considering, because a lot of times when they do those DVC things, it's really early. Right. Like at 5 o'clock in the morning for <laughs> to do it. And we'll get, little, we'll get a little bit more into that a little bit later of our last one. We might be a little sore on the subject at yeah. the moment. Um, at the end of the voyage, you'll receive a special gift to remember your time in a galaxy far, far away. This voyage will also be discounted 30% off in normal prices. So obviously they're trying to go towards what they do with Disney Cruise Line with the DVC member only cruise. Okay, I'm having a feeling they'll do like the special gifts. They'll say the DVC member Galactic Star Cruiser Voyage. Yeah, maybe. Like they'll have some merch like that or maybe they'll... Nightly, you'll have something on your bed extra, I guess. This is at the end of the voyage. Oh, maybe they didn't want you running around with it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the story is going to be with that. Um, I know they're having a hard time booking. Um, uh, whoever books this, basically, they have to have one person in the party that is a DVC member. And this goes to the problems they're having with getting this hotel filled because of the price. The I We talked about a lot of it last week, and it, they're having issues with this. It, okay. Um, I will say as a DVC member, and I think I've said this a million times, is I'm not all that into the Galactic Star Cruiser voyages, but this one intrigues me a little bit. A, because there'll be gifts. B, there's a 30% discount. <laughs> but it's still very, very expensive. It is very expensive. But if I were going to do it and we had the time and it wasn't like our son's back to school time, mm -hmm. I, if I... I might have considered this. Yeah, but we did. A, I would. I think you know. Even the member cruises sometimes are running out of uh, different ports during Hayden's school time. I'm wondering what the price difference between that and a member cruise would be. And that's that's the thing is, if you're giving a DVC member a choice on that, I would tell them probably go to the member cruise every time. Right, because in comparison, they have a member cruise going out of uh, Port Canaveral this. What is it? June, July, July, mm -hmm. and I thought about it. But of course, once again, those are the most expensive cruises you can find yeah. uh, for the same itinerary. But we went on a member cruise and that was the most incredible trip. It was an awesome experience. You got to see so many things and it's not a normal Disney cruise. We've done both both ways. They basically have, they bring in different artists, like actors, musicians, comedians. Um, they bring in Imagineers. And it would be interesting if they did this for the DVC Star Galactic. It doesn't say it's going to do anything like that, but I that would elevate that experience just that much more. Yeah. But again, if I'm giving the opportunity, even if there's a couple thousand dollar price difference or a thousand or whatever price difference between the two, I'm taking the member cruise. Yeah, agreed. Because we did the member cruise back in 2019 before the world went upside down. 
And we um, absolutely loved our time on the ship. We loved everything we did on that. I don't think we, I could have cared less if we ever got off the ship because there was so much to do in so many presentations. And we got to see, um, we got to see Toy Story 4 before it hit theaters. Yeah. We saw Aladdin even before the press did. Um, we got to see a whole bunch of new shows coming out. I mean, if you're a Disney nerd. If you're a disnoid. Or disnoid. Well, you better know the term if you're well, one. <laughs> okay, Disney disnoid. I've heard it both ways. No, it's a disnoid. Okay, disnoid. That's your opportunity to completely geek out on all that stuff. Oh, and I totally did. I absorbed every second of it. I love the history, and, and I am I love history. So the history, they went through a lot of these things with uh, Tony Baxter was one of them on oh. there, and, and that was an awesome presentation. Listening to Tony Baxter give so many presentations on the history of the parks and what he's gone through and what he's seen in just stories is a Disney's dream. <laughs> and you run into these people on the ship. I mean, we literally talked to, uh, I can't remember the voice of Goofy and Tony Baxter. Oh, it was, uh, we ran into Bill Farmer. Yeah, thank you. See, now I'm showing my Disney. <laughs> no, <she's>, uh, <laughs> but we, we were talking to both of them at the same time in the hallway on the ship because we just ran into them. Oh my goodness. I had the best conversation with... Um, with Tony Baxter about Figment and how much I love Figment, but how the ride right now is just not doing the character justice. He's like, <laughs> go to guest services, tell them that. Like he was all about getting that right change. Yeah, he really wants it back to the original. <laughs> yeah, and agreed. And who, he talked about who knows because Disney has uh, there was a ride that they were going to be changing back to the. Oh yeah, that's what I was just thinking. The um, Treehouse, Tarzan's Treehouse at Disneyland. It was Tarzan's Treehouse, and now it's going back to Swiss Family Robinson, so maybe. You never know. Yeah. Um, right, because I love Figment. Do you not like the ride right now? It does not do him enough justice, but I ride it for the nostalgia. Okay, enough. Uh, I guess we can get really squirreled today. <laughs> um, um, so let's go back to more Disney World, Disney World news. Ooh, and I can't even speak today. Uh, so they're making a souvenir with your holographic face on a Tron action figure for $90. The action figures are customized using the park's Tron identity program to display your scan face on an LCD hidden behind the figure's visor. Um, so the Tron identity program will dis digitize vi visitors' facial features and include six lines of recorded dialogue. So you're going to push a button on the back of the figure, which will play back your recorded lines. Oh, so they're, they're recording your voice, too. Exactly. That's kind of cool. Anybody have any privacy concerns here? <laughs> okay, so your custom identity is stored on a memory card that can be swapped into other Tron toys for sale. And it takes about 20 minutes per session. Okay, toys will be available in about 60 minutes after finishing the identity program. It opens on April 4th. Uh, you can reserve a time online starting March 21st is located in the Tomorrowland Launch Depot. Session will include one user and a guest. There the is no annual pass discounts. Oh, oh I know, right? Um, and you must pay at the time of booking. Ooh. <laughs> and, but the good news is there will be some limp. There will be some limited time, same day appointments that will be available, may be available. Okay. What you need to present at the appointment is reservation confirmation number, your photo ID, and the credit card used at the time of booking. Um, they warn that this experience takes place in an enclosed space with low levels of lighting. And it is recommended for ages five years and older. I imagine that's because they probably need you to sit a little bit still. Yeah. Scans. And you know, maybe if there's some loud, if there's low lighting and like enclosed space, it could scare younger kids. 
Yeah, um, I can understand Or that. even, it could be a problem for kids that have problems sitting still with ADHD, mm-hmm. autism, things like, like that. that. And I can see and that. And so it's good that they warn ahead of time. Yeah, and I imagine these are cameras that are taking scans of your face and everything else that you're sitting. I mean, lot, lot, like you see a lot of these video games, how they take representations of a NBA figure or a baseball figure's face and everything. They sit in front of a whole bunch of cameras, you know, like, and get every angle of you, I guess. Interesting. So um, this reminds me a lot of the ACE avatar maker at Wind Traders in Pandora at Animal Kingdom Park. Yeah, and that's that's what exactly I was thinking when I saw it. And that's not exactly a good thing. I don't know. The cost is uh, $79.99 for the avatar. Um, so it's a, it, considering the other one is only... $90 and this is going to be recording your voice and has a lot more technology involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's cool. Um, for what they did with the avatar, they had a windows tablet scanned your face. You got to choose the body of your avatar and it took like 45 minutes to one hour to grow. <laughs> so in comparison to ACE avatar figure, the new Tron action figure seems reasonably priced. Yeah. The problem with, I saw with the avatar and I think we've seen it is those figures looked very generalized. They didn't really... But I think that these new um, Tron toys will not. Yeah, and I think they've even taken out the... No, they actually left them up, but instead of doing the scanning, they've now gone to where a cast member scans your face via a tablet. Oh, so they don't do... Because I remember that booth that was gone last time we were at Avatar, and it... They so... still have the sitting area, and that's where you go to. Okay. But like that whole cool like well they had like I don't know those like cylinder areas that look like it would do some kind of fun magic. Yep. Those are gone. Oh well, I'll be interested to see how this works out. And I'll be interested to see when we go look at it and see if it's you know, I don't know if we're gonna spend the time on it. I don't know. I mean, I could see our son kind of thinking that's kind of cool because of technology. Mm-hmm. Um that's actually one that if he came out and said that's the one souvenir I want, I might be like Okay. All righty. Well, let's go to back to DVC. And well, the reason we're talking about this is Kim and I had an experience with DVC this week. <laughs> so that was booking the new villas at Disneyland Hotel. We were able to do that March 15th at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, which of course is 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yay, they didn't um, make it at 5. No, 6 a.m. I know, but sometimes those we have to get up. Right. We get up at like 10 minutes earlier so that we're awake (laughs) and, you know, kind of sit there. Why did we wake up this early? And this was a mess, let's put it that way, from the beginning. Yeah. um, So I got excited because I got through right away. I couldn't believe it. I literally, because we both had our phones out. And and I'm dialing Brad still in his fog and didn't catch up quite in time. Well, I, I think I dialed like at 6.01, but you, right at 6 o'clock, you dialed in and immediately you got connected to a DVC representative. We're like, what? I know. I was like, really? And I was like, awesome. <laughs> hung up and went back to sleep. <laughs> and then halfway through the booking, she's like, I can't book this. There's something wrong. I'm going to have to give you something called a client ID. And then she's going to have to transfer me to another line. Now, by this time, I'd already been reading some DVC boards and stuff on Facebook. This is where Facebook is your friend. (laughs) And people are like, whatever you do, don't let them transfer you. Don't let them do this to you. And so real quick, I begged her, please don't transfer me. Like, I'm hearing that there's all these glitches. Can you put me on hold? Check back once in a while, something like that. She's like, no, I have to transfer you. And the reason we're doing this right away is that we were trying to get opening day 
at Disneyland Hotel or the villas at Disneyland Hotel. Um, and we know we get these situations. They are extremely competitive. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, this is like trying to get the lottery. Like people are, it's competitive. And so this is where Kim is reading the boards and everything else. And it, it, basically she said, yep, you have to transfer another line. And Kim got quoted 145 minute wait time after being transferred. Okay, so then I got through in less than an hour, and I told the cast member that um, to put to what had happened that I had a client ID. And he goes, oh, well, you almost got done booking. He's like, can I put you on hold for a second? I said, sure. Well, he didn't put me on hold. I got transferred to another line and then got quoted another 105-minute wait time. Now, let me tell you at this point, I was like, there's no way we're getting opening. I was freaking out. <laughs> and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, yeah. you why didn't you just tell me what you're going to do? Or like, can we talk about this before you did it? It's like, before I got his name or anything, he's like, click. Yeah. And, and transfer. By this point, after she had that, I got home and immediately she had me call on my phone. She goes, I don't know what's going on here. So I got thir- through to a third person and they told me they couldn't book. I had to hang up and start over again. And I'm like, hold on. No, 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 no. Please don't do this to me. I begged to speak to a manager and she's like well you're not going to be able to get whatever i was like please just i want a manager um i've already been through this wait twice i'm getting nowhere and it, by this point it was about two hours in and i was just oh, like, like and looking at over another hour mm-hmm. and i was just like are you kidding me mm-hmm. uh so she did finally get through the van- manager at 45 minutes wait time but the problem was on my phone line i got through to the main line so I basically told Brad, whatever you do, do not hang up with this manager, stay on the line, keep them talking while I, I was already starting to book with this other cast member. Cause I was like, if this gets lost or something happens again, I don't want to go through this again. Like, yeah. And really truthfully, when I got on the line, cause she, we, my phone went through, I gave her my phone and she was actually starting to be able to book. The manager got online. I was on the line with the manager. She's like, I'm not hanging up until everything goes through. She was trying to really make sure. Thank goodness. Because I was like, okay, at least I can take a breath. Like I'm not going to somehow end up at the back of this line again. Yeah. So while I was on hold, while Cam was trying to get through everything, we were discussing what was kind of going on here. And we were really confused. What happened with Kim was, is there's only certain people that could book through the system that uh, then they put you back into a general queue. But it's basically because it's DVC, not when you open up for general reservations. Yeah. And so with DVC that they have people that can do it and people that are just helping out is, I guess the way to put it for the volume of calls that could, could not book it. I think they, the line was also open for people making other bookings, like your everyday operations for DVC. Yeah. And so you only have certain people, but the problem was, is the queue wasn't separated for that and it caused people, oh, well, you're almost there. That's probably what exactly happened. The person looked at it, goes, oh, this is for Disneyland Hotel or the villas at Disneyland Hotel. I don't do that. I have to put you back into the queue and it put it right back at the end. So basically the manager told Brad, like they were not expecting the volume of calls and it overwhelmed the system, which caused a 20 minute glitch. Yeah. Basically the systems for Florida and California are, you think they'd be exactly the same, but they're not. They're a different weird system tying the everything together and everything. And they had massive problems with every, cause all the people we were talking to were Florida. Well, the kind of funny thing about the whole thing is they didn't expect this. Like this was so talked about and people were so excited about opening. 
Like if they had spent, I don't know, even 20 minutes a few days before on social media, you would have figured out that this was highly anticipated. Well, let's give it to a new shakedown of the head of DVC. <laughs> uh, there you go. But uh, basically what she told me, it was the whole system for the first 20 minutes of calls. Out. So basically the first people that called in for the first 20 minutes or so couldn't book. But people called in after that because we Kim was getting really nervous because, quite frankly, she was on Facebook. People that called uh, a little bit later and got right through and booked. I was so frustrated. And we got a case number. And they go, oh, that case number doesn't guarantee your room or anything. It's just that we gave you a case number. It's a, basically a client ID is what they called it. And it basically said, we have your information saved. And we'll just get back to that point when we book you. But it doesn't confirm the dates that you wanted. Like those dates are still selling while you're on hold. Yeah. And, and I was like, no. Yeah. So luckily, because we really wanted opening day for obvious reasons, uh, you know, and we will be doing a room tour at our self, shameless self-promotion at 626-OHANA-CA on YouTube. And we really wanted that first room tour there. Um, but Kim, we got lucky. The manager kind of, I think she was working a little bit of magic on her end because she was asking who you were talking to so they can coordinate everything. Right. Um, there was one room left of the type that we wanted or a three bedroom. Okay. I have not won the lottery and I don't have a kidney to sell. And the say these prices for the villas, because we had to pay cash prices. We couldn't use our DVC points because this was cash only sales right now. And it was expensive. Yeah, it is. Um, but, you know, in comparison, I will say, all right, opening night prices for a deluxe studio standard view was $872 before taxes. Um, you go and get a regular room on a weekend at the Grand Californian oh, without oh. like the mini fridge and all that stuff the DVC room comes with. You're looking Those are $900 plus on a weekend. Uh, depending on the weekend, too. And some of those weekends. Yeah, sometimes it goes up and down. But, I mean, you're comp- so it's still... Cheaper than a hotel room at the Grand. I mean, yeah, and it's expensive to stay at Disneyland. And the reason is, is like we were talking about, there's only three uh, hotels at Disneyland, and they they're busy. So when we talked to this manager, DVC Brad was able to get some really interesting information. Yeah. So uh, the reason they're not taking points right now is that the DVC does not have the paperwork with the state of California yet uh, finalized. They're still working on that paperwork. And the reason is, is they have to have all these things in line with the state of California before they can start offering rooms. So either for selling DVC points or even offering the rooms for points at night. Yeah. And the reason is, and the reason they're able to do cash is because, and we've talked about this in the past, is that Disney actually holds an interest in so many rooms. So they will sell those out cash, right? That have nothing to do with the owners of DVC. It's even though it's called DVC, it's like a separate, it's just like the villas, but it still falls underneath the hotel. It's yeah. it's odd how that works, but it does. Yeah. So right now they may only have, what, 10% of the rooms booked. Or maybe they're opening them um, all open for cash until it, it, the official digital. opening day for the DVC. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so it may be a little bit of a while before they have those points. They start selling points available at uh, Disneyland Hotel because of uh, just the paperwork. State of California. Basically was. what you said from my understanding, if I will round this out, is the paperwork hasn't even gone to the state yet. Uh, I got that they were submitting it. They're Uh, in the process of submitting, submitting but it hasn't been received or hasn't all gone through. Yeah, and it's going to be difficult. So 
Yeah, um, nothing the state of California does is fast nor easy. Yeah, unfortunately. And um, so they can't offer points right now at all. They don't even know what the points are. Because again, with those contracts, they have to know how many points they're selling and available. And it turns into a whole big uh, math problem that I'm sure some genius would love to do all the math on it. I'm sure they have a formula yeah. of some sort based on their other properties. Yeah. And again, you know, it. this is a bigger resort than what they've had at the Grand Californian. So this is kind of a... 300 plus rooms compared to like 50 rooms. Yeah. So it's going to be a little bit of a newer uh, process for them to go through since they haven't done it for so long. And then, of course, this will open to DVC members for sale first before um, general public. Mm-hmm. And what we mean is new contracts um, points, basically. Yeah. Um, so this manager did confirm the DVC members will get it first. Yeah. We'll have the option to buy first into it. First crack at it. Yep. And they expect it to sell out quickly. Yeah. She basically goes, yeah, I, we don't expect these to be holding for long, that they'll go quick. I mean, I get it. Those rooms look really beautiful from the pictures on the DVC website. Yeah, I mean, if they weren't prepared for DVC members calling in for the cash only on DVC, and it's like I told her, I go, we are on the West Coast, been waiting for something new to open here that for hotel rooms, waiting for DVC for years. We've been wanting it with their new, and originally we were told kind of a, I guess a back way that they were originally going to be doing a new hotel with DVC added in later. Um, but the problem was, is they needed to move the building by foot and the whole thing got scrapped. And that was a while ago. And we were like, oh, <sighs> the sad thing is scrap something in the courtyard or something somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> a set of rooms to open it up, whatever yeah. you had to do or go up another level. And this is when Disney Yikes. and City Anaheim were, were at uh, war. They were waging wars. It was a battle of the wills. Oh, it was fun to watch. Interesting to watch. And I think it wasn't fun. Well, I, mean, I think we lost out like Disney and Disney fans lost out. Oh, the city of Anaheim lost out too, though, on that too. So oh. uh, it turned into a mess. And, you know, Disney flexed their muscle. And basically, this is uh, what came of it. I hope they come up with more hotels too, but, because Disneyland really does need a four. They need a, I know they call like the Paradise Pier Hotel like their moderate but, or their kind of like their budget, budget. but it really isn't budget. No. Um, they really do need. Yeah, and they're redoing the Paradise Hotel. Period. They are. Paradise Pier Hotel. So, yeah, it's put a lot of strain on the other hotels, too. It does. They've closed down rooms. They were last to open after the pandemic. Um, yeah. And definitely does need the TLC up. We've been in those rooms. We had a friend stay there last Christmas. Was it Christmas? Or was it May? Last May? Maybe Christmas. last May. It's somewhere um, on there. Yeah, and they said it was awful. They would never stay there again, as is. And it was just... It was in need of a refurbishment desperately. Yeah, well, I needed it ten, over 10 years ago when we last stayed there. Yeah, it did. But um, honestly, I I am really excited. We did get that opening day uh, or opening night reservation, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so we will definitely be talking about that on the podcast when we get there. Yeah, and well, that's not until September 28th. <laughs> that was the opening date. Uh, we're really excited about it. Uh, uh, our podcast will be delayed. <laughs> well, Maybe we do it live from the room. Oh. oh can see? we do live podcasts? Well, yeah, we can. Uh, again, t- technical details of it, but yeah, okay. it's always a possibility. All right, maybe we'll do it live. Um, but, well, a podcast wouldn't be live. It'd be posted back onto where you're listening to it now, but we'd be doing it live possibly from YouTube. YouTube. Ooh, love it. So, All right. uh, again, we have to figure out technical details because we are planning to bring a video podcast to YouTube. So, 
we'll have a live so you can answer ask questions as we're going through the stories and and then posting this afterwards in case you missed it and you want to listen again on your favorite where your favorite podcasts are available um so that's yeah it's it's a real exciting time for everything we're getting excited i know and funny part about this today's podcast we really thought it was going to be shorter. <laughs> it just went on. It like, went longer. And I think we got squirreled a lot today. Well, it was funny because each, at first I was like, there's no news. There's nothing going on. Then I added one or two stories. I'm like, oh, here comes another one. And there's another story coming up. And then I'm like, oh, this is really developing this week. More <laughs> so than I thought it would. Oh, and probably as soon as we stop recording, we'll have all the news hit for the weekend. Disney loves doing that. That five o'clock release on Fridays. <laughs> Stay tuned for next week. week. Yep. So with that, I think it's time for us to say goodbye and find find your magic. magic. Bye, Bye, everyone. everyone.